0: Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast with me, Glenn Dewis, and my best mate, co-host, roommate, and brother from another mother, Dave Clayton. Now, I'm actually flying solo as Dave is busy finishing writing his first book, How Do I Do That in InDesign?, which I think he's sending over to the publishers, Rocky Nook, this weekend. Uh, But also, in just a few days' time, we've got the photography show at the NEC in Birmingham, and then we straight away fly over to the professional imaging show in the Netherlands. So it's a bit busy at the moment. However, it's another week, and that means a new episode. Now, talking to the photography show, as we're partnered with them, we have a discount code of HSHDTPS19, and that'll give you 20% off your ticket price, but that needs to be purchased before the show and not on the day. And also, Westcott has given us a code of GLYN20, which is glyn N two zero, and that'll give you 20% off your order total when placed through the Westcott store. And talking of Westcott, I'm going to be there at the show for all four days, and you can catch me in their booth, so please make a point of coming along for having a chat. All right, so getting back to this week's episode, I wanted to share a chat that I'd had recently with a World War II and Normandy veteran, Reg Charles of the Oxfordshire and Buckinghamshire Light Infantry. I met Reg a few weeks back now, along with his daughter Sheila, when I went to his home to take his portrait for my ongoing project and the exhibition being held in Woodstock at the Soldiers of Oxfordshire Museum. I'll let you know more about that as soon as possible, by the way. Now, Reg is an absolute delight to spend time with. Such a kind, gentle man, and has such a wonderful family around him, which you can clearly see has been shaped by the person he is. Actually, one of the things Reg and I spoke about, not in this interview, but when I went back to see him and deliver his portrait, was all about forgiveness, and how that has helped him throughout his life since the war. I might share something with you in the near future about how this chat with Reg and what he said has had a big impact on me personally, encouraging me to make contact with family I've not spoken to or seen for many, many years. Just the thought I'm doing that already feels like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. So I guess when you think you're dealing with something and you put it to the back of your mind, it's always there. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Here's my chat with the delightful Reg Charles. So Reg, when I say to you, World War II and the 1940s, What's, what kind of memories are the first things that kind of come to, your, come to your head?
1: Well, I suppose the first thing that comes to mind is being caught up, as we called it in those days, in Jan- January 1942, going from a small village and living uh, with a, a group of men, which I'd never done before. And it was a, a terrific change of life altogether. Uh-huh. Um, one thing was, was rather interesting. Uh, uh, within a day or two, I was called up actually to uh, a tra- train at Cody Barracks in Oxford. And the, one of the officers there happened to be named uh, Captain Malcolm Spokes. Right. That was January 1942. In um, uh, June 1953, I met his daughter. Um, Wow. In October 1954, we became man and wife. (laughs) And I didn't even know he got a daughter. Wow. In fact, he got two daughters. This was his elder daughter. They say the world's Uh, a village. And uh, (laughs) I I didn't see anything more of of him after leaving Kelly Barracks. Uh, Until I say, uh, I met his daughter in 1953, happened to go home with her one night. And uh, he came to the door and we looked at each other. We said, we've met before somewhere. <laughs> Which How was, crazy. Uh, uh, so meeting your father-in-law... 50, That's about 12, 13 50, years uh, before. Uh, uh, 42 to 53, ele- Eleven, 11, 11 and a half years. Yeah, yeah. I met my father-in-law 11 and a half years <laughs> b- b- before I met my wife. Okay, so I take it when you, when you saw each other at the door, it was okay? Oh, yes. oh, oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yes, we didn't salute. Oh, right, Okay. No. Cool. Cool. <laughs> so, what what were you um, what were you in then during that that time then, Reg? What what regiment were you in? And-
1: I, I was in the uh, Oxfordshire and Buckinghamshire Light Infantry. Right. Uh, after the initial training at Kelly Barracks, I was posted over to the Fifth Battalion in uh, 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 in Ireland, and um, I, I, I was in Ireland then up till the end of the year. And the um, battalion moved back into England. We were in various places in in England. One place that uh, I remember more than anything, I think it was a a great Messenger, near Aylesbury. Yeah, and uh, I even had my bicycle with me there, and uh, I I used to cycle home very often on a a Sunday. It was just forty-four miles. Just 44 yes. more. <laughs> I, I would, ru- I would get, get away about 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, go go home, have lunch and tea, and then in the evening cycle again back from uh, the village I live just outside Banbury uh, to Brackley, uh, oh, no, Brackley uh, yeah. to, uh, to, to get on a, a train which uh, ran back to Great Missingdon. Yeah. And so... Uh, uh, I did that a, a number of times while I was at great mess uh-huh. and done uh, and it was it, it was it was good exercise
0: for me. Do you know one one thing I want to ask you and this is something I've asked other people Reg uh, who obviously were who saw you know the 1940s who saw action in World War II and stuff like that How, is it something that you have always talked about or was there a time when you no, I, I can't talk about we it. We
1: didn't talk about it at all, I don't think, after the war. Not, not until probably, came to my knowledge more than anything, it was the, uh, the 65th anniversary of Normandy. During that time, I, I hardly ever mentioned it to, to anyone. Now, this might, this might be a, I don't know, it might
0: be a daft question, I don't know, but what was the reason for that?
1: I think we 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 wanted to forget it. I think.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, it was a complete change of life. You go from uh, uh, being told what to do to uh, living a civilian life and uh, and really living your own life. Yeah. So you you kind of did roughly
0: three years. Is that right? Three uh, years. No, I, I did just over four years. Just over four years. Yeah. So. So I
1: went in, in January nineteen forty-two and came out. The beginning of April, nineteen forty-six. So, was it was it quite a hard transition
0: to go from that time, then serving, to then being in civilian life? Was that quite a hard transition for
1: I you? I didn't find it too difficult because um, I was in the uh, the coal distribution trade. Right, and um, I came home on leave in in January, nineteen forty-six. Uh, the owner of the business, which I was connected with, was very poorly. He was, he was in hospital with pneumonia and and the, the business was virtually floundering. And uh, I just went straight back into the office and took over. Just carried on one, yes, know, one and, day uh, doing uh, the and army. Just, and and just carried on. Yeah. Uh, and that was only on uh, ordinary leave. I had to get the leave extended. And uh, I got it extended several times. In in the end, they gave me Class B release, right. which was in April 1946.
0: Now I know that you've obviously you've. Um, I mean, I'm sitting in front of you now, and I can see just an array of medals. Which just you know, we've talked about them already while we've been doing the photo shoot. Can you can you kind of explain to me what do you know each of these medals that I can see in front of me now? Um, oh, I
1: will. I uh, will. The 1939-45 uh, the star. Yeah. The, uh, France, Germany star. Um, mm-hmm. That's the civil defence. I was in the auxiliary forest service right. before I went into the army, and, uh, and that that was the auxiliary forest service. And that, that that one is the again. Um, I think it's called the war service medal, um, and that's the the, the, the Legion d'Or which is the highest which, award yes, that you can get awarded. in? from France. From yeah. France,
0: yeah. So what, I mean, obviously then, you know, that, that is an incredible array of medals. The Legion d'honneur, you've served in Normandy. Yeah. What, are you are you happy to mention something and talk about memories, some memories from Normandy um, at all?
1: <clears throat> yes, I think the, uh, one of the biggest shocks in, in, in Normandy was what I called the bocage um and uh, some of those little, little na- narrow roads uh, when i um I, I joined the regiment um well, i was just an ordinary rifleman and uh, one day the, a, a sergeant major came to me and, and he says you can drive can't you well, i says yes depends what it is <laughs> well he says you can go and drive that brengen carrier the Brengan Carrier driver had been knocked out. And so I, I, I took over a Brengun Carrier. I, I'd never driven a track vehicle before, but uh, that, that, that was quite, a, quite an exciting experience, really. Right. Um, uh, and I only did that for a very short time. A Brengun Carrier driver was posted to the regiment, and he took over... And, uh, and then I, I took over um jeep driving right and uh, I, I did quite a lot of casualty clearing with with with, with the jeep and then uh, after that I was back on foot again uh, as an only rifleman we went through um the Falaise gap uh Mostly on, on on foot, and we uh, we we marched or walked nearly all the way in into Belgium. Um, the, the the last few miles we had troop carrying vehicles come along, and uh, they took us into Antwerp. We, we we were in in Antwerp for about a fortnight. The Germans on one side of the Albert Canal, and we were on the other side, and. If you poke your head round the corner, they shot at you. And if they poke their head round the corner, we shot at them. But um, after Antwerp, we went into Holland. Um, we uh, we had the Battle of uh, uh, Sir Bosch. That's a medal for uh, Sir Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah yes. And... Uh, we, we, we were in the Royal Mond area, and uh, uh, not near Megan.
0: Yeah,
1: Arnhem. Unfortunately, the, we didn't get to Arnhem Bridge in time, and that was where a lot of uh, the um, airborne troops lost their lives. That they, they, they were just shot really by the Germans in the air as they were coming down. Um, after that. Um, went back into into Belgium and then uh, um, on uh, Christmas Day 1944 uh, we went into the Ardennes the Battle of the Bulge we had had a bit of two or three weeks there Um, it was all ice and snow the conditions were, were very rough there indeed but um after the Battle of the Bulge, we went back into, in, into Holland again, to a place called St. Doden Road. We were there for a few days, and then uh, we went onto to the edge of the um, Reuswald Forest. We went into the Reichswald Forest, I think it was February the 8th, I think, and uh, we were in the Reuswald for nearly three weeks, the conditions there were were pretty awful. Yeah. Um, uh, Montgomery thought it would be the ideal time. He, not normally, uh, it would be uh, <laughs> sn- snow and ice, but uh, on I think it's February the fourth, it started raining, and it rained and rained and rained for about three or four days, and. Uh, it was um, mud and water in the in the forest itself, and the, the only any vehicles that could get through, which brought um, provisions up for us, ammunition and food, uh, was a vehicle called a weasel. They uh, they they weren't armoured vehicles, but uh, uh, they they got very wide tracks, and they could negotiate the mud and water, and so. They were really our our life-saving vehicles, I think, in the the Roycewall Forest. After the Roycewall Forest, we we crossed the River Rhine and uh, pushed on through, finished up in in, in Hamburg, which was declared an open city, which was just as well, because it would have been a a terrific battle if we had had to have been involved in taking Hamburg. Uh, after, after Hamburg, uh, the regiment moved in into the Rural Valley, I was at uh, Leverkusen, where we uh, w- went f- uh, from the, uh, the 53rd Division into the Desert routes. I don't know quite why, but uh, while I was there, uh, I was then a storeman in the um, uh, transport stores, and... Uh, I was uh, given the job of of getting someone to uh, repaint all the divisional signs on the vehicles. And uh, I uh, I went to uh, IG Farben Industry, which is the Bayer Works, Chemical Works, and found a a German there who could speak very good English, and and he happened to be an artist. And... uh, uh, he he changed all the divisional signs on on all the vehicles. While uh, he was there, he did a, a couple of uh, paintings for me, which are up on the wall there. And um, he also it did, did a, another one of a vase of flowers which is not hanging on the wall at the moment, and that was a, a present for my sister. Following the uh, Leverkusen, we went to, to uh, Langenfeld for a little while, which was quite a, a, a nice little village there. After Langenfeld, we, we moved up through through Hanover to Berlin, and uh, we were actually stationed at Spando, just outside Berlin, and uh, our task there uh, was, was looking after Hess, Hess, you know, who uh, he'd uh, been repatriated from uh, Scotland, right? And he, he was in Spando jail. There again, I, I was in the uh, transport section, so I, I didn't actually see anything of Hess, but uh, that was what our, our task was while we were there. Yeah, yeah. And I I came home from from Berlin in the um, beginning of January 1946. And I uh, never returned.
0: Well, when you when you did come home, I'd say that was the first time you'd come home since all the action, was
1: it? Or uh, uh, no, uh, I think I think I had a, had a leave in October. Right. Pretty sure I did. About a seven day leave. Yeah. And um, I, I remember at the, at the time I felt as though I shouldn't be at home.
0: Right. That's, that's what I was going to try and ask you is like, what did it feel like when you did yeah. come
1: home? This... You missed the other fellows. Right. Uh, and um, I, I knew that they were, they were in action at the time. And uh, I, I felt that uh, I ought to be with them. Yeah. And, <laughs> and wherever you went when you were at home, anyone you met, the first thing they said is, nice to see you, but when are you going back? Oh, really? And I say it was only about a seven-day leave, and I, I remember on, on the return, um, um, I sailed back f- uh, from Harris to the Hook of Holland, and it was a, a very rough crossing. But um... it is, yeah, it is, um, and
0: it's just—it's great that you're now able to talk about it. But I asked you earlier on. You know, have you always talked about it? And you said it wasn't really until about the 65th anniversary. That's right, yeah, that's what, that's what really brought it to. So when, when you did start to talk about things, when people were asking you and you were telling them, you know, what your experiences were, how different did you feel, or do you feel, now that you talk about it? Did it feel like a relief, or was it...?
1: I think a lot of it I have forgotten, which I'm glad. Yeah, it's like a self-preservation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, on the other hand, no, no, it's 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 good to be able to talk about it, and uh, also, also, especially with with the children. Yeah, because you said
0: you said earlier on that you go, you have been to schools and done talks uh, yes, and there, stuff.
1: There are two schools in the town here that I've talked to. Yeah, and um, when we were in uh, Holland last year. Um, in one place, they got 600 children together and divided them up into groups of about 30. And we all went into various places and talked to those children. And it's wonderful the way that the Dutch nearly all speak English.
0: Yes, yeah, it's quite incredible. Oh, to a yes. lot of countries we go to that people they can fluently speak English, but when we go abroad, oh dear, no, no, <laughs> no I know, I know.
1: No, no, I, even in the the time that, uh, well, I, I know it, it wasn't very very long in in France, two or three months, but uh, how we didn't really uh, have anything to do with the French people. And... Uh,
0: What's it like now? Because you know, I know you've obviously been back to to Normandy and you've yeah. been back to Holland. What's
1: it like when you go back? Oh, it's a complete change. It's marvellous to see how they've uh, re- recovered. Yeah. What did But what did it feel like, Reg? Obviously, the first time that
0: you've gone back there since the time when you were, during, you know, during the war, Did it, what did it feel like to actually go back to that place? Because obviously thinking about memories and stuff.
1: Well, uh, it was all very different. Yeah. It was... I suppose a, a nice experience to be back, mm. but um, it's also a change, complete. Although, uh, most of it, well, when we were there, it was all all run down. Um, like most of the places in France we were very poor, and the same in, in Belgium and Holland they'd all they'd all all suffered yeah over the last four or five years and um, but now yeah. they've rebuilt roads and everything is so, so that, different.
0: that is all down to oh, yeah. folks like yourself who yeah. did what you did
1: yeah so Yeah, so of course they've done a lot more in the way of infrastructure than than what we have in this country mm. because we, we were never invaded whereas they, they were occupied for yeah. a number of years now you're going back
0: over to normandy because obviously this year is the 75th be going anniversary Again
1: on June the fourth i hope <laughs> yes.
0: and i shall be there which i'm really looking forward Good, to i've yes. not been back in normandy for many yes, years so
1: we'll, we'll try to meet up together i'm
0: sure it'd be nice if we could have a drink together <laughs> i'd quite look forward to that yes All right. Well, Reg, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for sitting in front of my camera today.
1: (laughs) You've made my job very easy. Well, it's been a delight to meet you, Glenn. (laughs) You too, Reg. Thank you for all you're doing. Not at all. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I wish you every success. Thank you.